0: Habits are actually incredibly hard to learn and to build, but they are also so, so important. I'm Misty Winkler and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Podcast. I am not a naturally neat and tidy and clean sort of person. When I cook in the kitchen, you can definitely tell afterwards, I fling flour everywhere. It took me years to learn even to make my bed every morning. But I did learn. And as I was learning, I realized just how important not only are habits of action are in our home, but also how important our habits of mind are as we learn how to better keep our homes. If you want to learn how to clean and organize and manage your home better, then habits is a great place to start and what we will dig into today. Remember sharing a dorm room with a friend in college and simply being astounded that every day, first thing, she made her bed. My own homekeeping habits were not quite so regular. (laughs) It was no mean feat either for this friend of mine. She was on the top bunk in our dorm room. Still, every day, she did it. It was, and sometimes still can be, pulling teeth for me to make my bed, but I suspect that it would have been just as difficult for my friend to not make her bed in the morning as it was for me to make my bed. In both cases, it would seem to us that something was not right. In my case, because a jumble of blankets was normal, a made bed was unfamiliarly neat. For my friend, it was the opposite. An unmade bed was just not right. Things are off. And what made that difference in us? Years and years of unbroken habit. Hers built by making her bed every day and mine by not. When all my kids were under 10, I was focused on giving them good habits. I thought that was my mission. I desperately wanted my children to have that second nature, to just Put the book back on the shelf when they're done. To put their coat in the coat closet. To pick up their pencils when they fall on the floor. All those things. I wanted them to be established in good habits. Because in those kind of actions about keeping things tidy, it really is all about what you are accustomed to. I wanted my children to have years of unbroken habits in keeping things that the way that they should be rather than years of unbroken habit of making and leaving messes. I wanted it to take no conscious thought or effort to put something away rather than just put it down somewhere because it would be what was natural for them. But there was no way that they were going to have those sorts of habits built unless I had them myself, unless I built them first within myself. Because the reality is that I didn't think about reminding them to put things away because it wasn't normal to me. I didn't think about it until things were out of control. And when I, as the mother, am inconsistent, sometimes having them put things away right away and sometimes not, then they just learn, if they're lucky, how to play their mother rather than how to build lasting habits. Order and neatness cannot become natural to my children unless I give them an environment where order and neatness is the norm. If the house is normally in decent order and we have set times to tidy up so that things never get too far out of hand, then they can see, they can recognize that pencils on the floor are out of place. But instead, they're barely noticeable. And picking something up as something you have to be goaded into and not something that we just do as a matter of course. (laughs) Then of course, there's also the hypocrisy angle. If the kitchen always has dirty dishes from three days ago and flour that's been on the counter for days, then how can I harp on their Legos? If my bedroom has clothes on the floor, then why do I care if their room has clothes on the floor? If I expect of them or try to build for them habits that I don't expect of myself or build in myself, then I lose my credibility and their respect. But the most important lesson that I needed to learn back in those days with all little children is that in teaching them to regularly clean up, I was giving to them not getting from them. I wanted good things for them. My intention was to bestow, to give them good habits, not to get from them help in keeping my house clean. And that attitude needed to be evident in my words and my actions. Or once again, I would not be giving them a love of order and neatness. And if order and neatness don't come naturally to me, and if things aren't kept up regularly on my part, then I would get frustrated and tend toward the harpy, carping on them for messes left hither and yon that ultimately boil down to my responsibility that I had been trying to evade. And then cleaning becomes a hateful, unpleasant thing for us all. That's not the way to make picking up, cleaning, and organizing a normal, natural part of the rhythm of life. One quote from Elizabeth Elliot that really struck at the heart of this for me back in those years was when she wrote, The way you keep your house... The way you organize your time, the care you take in your personal appearance, the things you spend your money on all speak loudly about what you believe. The beauty of thy peace shines forth in an ordered life. A disordered life speaks loudly of disorder of the soul. The more I work on establishing order— the more I realize what a truly peace-giving thing it can be. My old ways are still often evident, although not quite so bad as my childhood bedroom used to be. And sometimes it still feels awkward when I walk into my room and it's clean and the bed is made. It's still not quite natural to me, even after more than 10 years of working on these habits. It still feels out of place, like I'm trying to be something I'm not. A clean kitchen used to always feel that way to me, but that one has become better. I've had more times of consistency that now a messy, cluttered kitchen feels wrong rather than normal. A floor that needs to be swept now actually begins to bother me. Even if a bedroom that needs to be vacuumed doesn't. This is a trend that is going to be a lifelong journey for me. I don't know about you, but still, even when we are working on these habits and trying to grow up into more cleanliness and order, we can fall into two different traps. The first Is impatience because I still have a lot of areas and bad habits to conquer. The second is that the more I grow accustomed to neatness, the more that disorderliness starts to stress me out, and my habits on handling stress then need to be worked on. But as I continue to grow in habits like putting things away instead of putting them down, then the messes don't grow as quickly, even as exponentially as they once did. And then instead of cleaning big projects like I had become accustomed to, I have to begin to learn the habits of maintenance of daily and weekly small steps that just keep things moving forward so that things never get that out of hand again. I have built lovely organization systems, many over the years, and found methods that work, but they don't work if I don't. And the more I work consistently, the more smoothly those systems work, no matter which system it is. Persistence is the name of the game. Persistence and patience the more areas I can conquer around the house and the more good habits I can instill in myself and in my children now, the more benefits that we will reap as life picks up its pace. The reality is that establishing a routine bestows more emotional energy and stamina. It takes time and effort to implement a routine, but once that routine's established, Working that routine decreases the amount of time and effort needed to maintain it. It takes time and energy to build, but then the time and energy that it takes to keep those systems up is greatly decreased. Routines give us the rhythms that remind us to keep going with our good habits. They are worth the effort. In an old blog post by Anne Voskamp, she writes, I watch my daughter play new songs, and I know. Learning new songs is often challenging, even frustrating. But once the piece is mastered, she plays nearly effortlessly. Two, composing a new refrain of behaviors, a chorus of rituals is deliberate, slow, trying work. But once the behaviors become habits rhythmic rituals, we catch ourselves singing without thinking. Schedules are the routines that one wants to be run by, written down so they can be referred to until they are established. Schedules are written down to eliminate decision-making so that we know what to do next. And repetition is the only way to build habits at home. Habits are only formed after they are repeated, without interruption, for a long time. So it will take years for those habits to be formed, but we're going to keep working on them anyway. As Charlotte Mason once wrote, supposing that the doing of a certain action a score or two of times in unbroken sequence forms a habit which it is as easy to follow as not. That is Persist still farther in the habit without lapses, and it becomes second nature, quite difficult to shake off. Continue it further through the course of years, and the habit has a strength of 10 natures. You cannot break through it without doing real violence to yourself. The reality is that I had years of bad habits that I was trying to break while establishing my good new habits. So it's okay that it's difficult. It really does take a stretching beyond the point of really breaking to undo bad habits in order to form the habit of right action. The bottom line is that habits take practice. And it takes more practice to overcome a bad habit than simply to build a new one. But it is worth the time that it takes us And before we can give those habits to our children, we need to be focusing on our own habits because we will be much more effective building those good habits in ourselves than trying to give them to others. You can't give what you don't have. But just as we recognize that our kids will be better off with those good habits, that means that we will be too, even after they leave our homes. So instead of focusing on the good habits that you want your children to have, pick one good habit you want to have and work at that. Practice it. It will take more than 21 days. It might just take you 21 years and it will be worth it. If you aren't even sure where to start with habits or areas of your house to work on next, or what routines you really need to be forming, then a brain dump is a great strategy to start with. Don't commit to something before thinking it through. And a brain dump will help you think through what's really going on in your situation and in your imagination also. I have a free brain dump guide that will walk you through the process of simply writing down those things that are on your heart and in your head so that you can begin to actually deal with them and turn them into action plans. You can find that at simplyconvivial.com slash braindump. That's simplyconvivial.com slash braindump, or you can find the link below. It is a brain dump guide specifically geared for moms managing their home and trying to figure out all those details of family life and home management. So check out that brain dump guy and I will see you next time.